turn our attention to the Gospel of Matthew. I'm going to read from Matthew a couple of times actually. Now and then before our supper, our Lord's Supper. But first I'm going to read from Matthew 26 verses 14 through 16, 47 through 56. This is the Word of God. And of course, the uh, Gospel accounts of, uh, of the Lord's the Last Supper and the <clears throat> subsequent journey to the cross are in all the Gospels. So it's important, these, uh, these words. Of course, every word is important in the Bible. And particularly now, for the time before us, these words. In Matthew 26, beginning uh, with verse 14, reading through verse 16, and then jumping over to verse 47. Hear now God's precious word to his precious people. Uh, then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said to them, What you, will you give me, and I will deliver him to you? And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. And then verse uh, 47. <clears throat> and while he yet spoke, lo, Judas, uh, one of the 12, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him, gave them signs, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they, laid hands on Jesus, and took him. And behold, one of them, which... <coughs> were with Jesus, stretched out his hand, drew his sword, struck a servant of the high priest, and smote off his ear. And said Jesus to him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be so? In the same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and stays for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. 
Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. <clears throat> May God bless this portion of his word to our hearts and minds. And Lord Jesus, we are thankful to be your people, to be gathered together. And we're praying now that we believe every word of the scripture and that thou would keep us from betrayal. What a terrible, terrible crime that is against your people, but most of all against you. Keep us in your will, according to your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A young couple gets married. A few years down the road in their marriage, they have two children, one girl, one boy. They decide to name their girl Jezebel, and they decide to name their boy Judas. What do you think? Would anyone in his or her right mind that's a Christian do such a thing? Name their child Jezebel or Judas. You know, we would think that a person that did that had no knowledge of the scripture was maybe joking or taking a, a part of a joke, the brunt of a joke of some sort. Or if they really meant it, like, I, I want to name my girl Jezebel and I want to name my boy Judas, you must be a Satan worshiper. But I don't think anyone here would ever name their child such. Nevertheless, the name Judas is a beautiful name. It actually means a beautiful thing. The name Judas means Jehovah be praised. That's what the name literally means, Jehovah be praised. But because of what Judas did, that name is forever kind of on a ban from Christians anyway, at least according to our conscience. According to our delight, according to our desire to delight the Lord, we wouldn't, wouldn't do such a thing. I want to talk about three things. I want to speak about Judas, Jehovah be praised, the betrayer. Then I want to talk about Judas, the disciple. And finally, I want to talk about Judas, the failure. Those three points. <clears throat> it's... Uh, it's something I think I know I have not appreciated as much as I ought to, uh, the sufferings of our Lord. But one of these sufferings must have been that he was numbered with the twelve. It's, it's recorded each and every time that he was one of the twelve disciples. Now, not to mention the fact, or I'll just mention in passing, 12 is a sacred number, is a special number, is a number of completion. There are 12 tribes 
in the Old Testament, although there were 13, and there are 12 apostles in the New, although there were 13, but always 12. 12 is the number complete. It represents the Old and it represents the New. And in uh, Revelation, this talks about 12 times 12, 144,000, which is the complete number, the total number of all that will populate the New Earth and New Heavens. So that's important in and of itself. 12 is a meaningful number. 12 disciples, always 12 disciples, always 12 uh, uh, <clears throat> tribes. 12 disciples, 12 tribes, 12, and that's, uh, that's important. So the, other, the, the reason why it's so important is because these were handpicked by the Lord to be, to develop the closest relationship to the Lord in of all people. They were the most intimately involved with the Lord. Even more so than his own mother and father. So that's an important thing to remember when we think about Jesus who handpicked these twelve and one of them turns out to be a betrayer. Now remember, Jesus is God and he is perfect man. He knew Jesus, uh, Judas' heart all along. So he was suffering the whole time of his ministry knowing of this betrayer in his midst. And I don't think I've appreciated that as much as I should have when Jesus was suffering day in and day out, teaching, preaching, having this betrayer in his mess, right next to him, intimate friend, close. Imagine what that would be like, knowing that your spouse, your wife, your, your husband was going to cheat on you at a certain time. You knew it. Every day of your life you knew it. And you loved him or her. But it's going to take place. It's going to happen. Or that your children are going to turn on you at at a certain point, your child, the, the precious child that you love and nurtured, grew up under your care and your keeping, that you, you nestle to your breast as a, as a mother, is going to turn on you. And you knew it. That's suffering. Part of the suffering uh, that our Lord had to endure. Uh, Judas, by the way, was the only disciple outside of Galilee. He didn't come from Galilee. Came from Judea, uh, Gerioth. Uh, that's why he's Iscariot or Gerioth. Uh, but he was the only one outside of Galilee. All the rest of the disciples came from Galilee. He did not. Uh, that probably has uh, uh, needs a little unpacking, but I'm not going to do that now. Uh, 
course there's other things to do just to make mention of that <clears throat> the other thing to remember too is because Jesus knew this of Judas that this was going to take place at a certain time he gave him charge of the money bank now Judas was greedy Judas was ambitious Judas was, to, was about to make a deal, 30 pieces of silver with the, uh, the chief priests, scribes, to kill Jesus, to take him. Uh, and Jesus gave him the money bag, knowing that Judas was greedy and wanted, wanted charge of the money, wanted to be able to use the money for his own purposes. So he gave it to him. He also sent them out, two by two, to bear witness to the truth, to go about healing sicknesses. The disciples had the power to heal sicknesses. No doubt Judas had that power too. Nothing in the scripture that denies it, that says except for Judas. They all went out, they all preached the gospel, they all healed the sick, Judas included. Who was his companion? Don't know. But they went out two by two. Uh, the turning point for Judas came when the Lord's Galilean ministry was rejected. <clears throat> uh, remember the multitudes? He's standing, and it's reported in the Gospel of John. And he's preaching and teaching that he is the bread of life. Uh, and that anyone who comes to the Father must come through him and must eat his body and drink his blood and that just freaked out the audience. They misunderstood that his words were spirit, spirit-filled. He wasn't speaking about cannibalism, we know that. Although that's what early Christians were accused of, cannibalism, uh, to besmirch them. But he was... Uh, Preaching that, and everyone left. They were hungry. They said, he's the bread of life, and he wants us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Forget that. And they left. Well, then Jesus turns to the disciples, all 12 of them, and he says, uh, will you leave too? And Peter answers and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus, uh, Judas said nothing. Judas was in the backdrop, in the background. We never hear him say something like that. <clears throat> and so when the uh, chief priest and the scribes sought to... Uh, get Jesus and they wanted to kill him maybe Judas had a chance of second thought I don't know if he really wanted Jesus dead necessarily he betrayed him yes he wanted to betray him but not necessarily killed but he didn't leave and none of the disciples suspected Judas remember when Jesus is uh, sitting at the Last Supper again together <clears throat> and uh, he says to uh, his disciples, uh, 
that uh, we're going to go, well, we're going to go to heal Lazarus. We're gonna, I'm going to go to heal Lazarus. All the disciples said, well, let's go with him and we'll, we'll die with him. Because going back into that vicinity, he had enemies that wanted to kill him. He knew that. They knew that. Let's go die together. Judas went along too. Judas did not balk at that. He went along. No doubt thinking that he would escape somehow at the very last moment. But he, he went along with that. <clears throat> you know, it's painful. Dear brothers and sisters, I know you know this, probably from your own experience at some point, certainly some of us, anyway. If uh, one of our children decides to move away from the Lord, doesn't want to be part of the church, Jesus Christ, doesn't really want to embrace the faith. Doesn't that hurt you? I mean, that, that, it's one of the worst feelings I have. Not that I have one, but that one of my children will betray the Lord or, or go the opposite direction. We feel that. We feel for somebody that's been through that. But imagine this. One of his intimate disciples, Judas. Twelve, one of the twelve closest people on earth, closer than his own mother, is going to betray him. Again, the, the suffering that our Lord endured uh, is, uh, is greater than we can imagine, I'm sure. <clears throat> Jesus said about the Pharisees, also true of Judas, you believe not because you are not one of my sheep. Jesus remembered the scripture, the Psalm, yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up the heel against me. Why? Why uh, did Judas want to be a disciple? Why did he go along? <clears throat> well, one of the reasons initially why Judas would go along is because he heard about Jesus. He heard his preaching. He was under his teaching. He saw his miracles and he, along with many others, thought that this was the Messiah that was going to set right things, that was going to crush the Roman Empire and set up Israel forever. He thought this was the Messiah that was, got, that was to promise to come and would straighten everything out. Jesus' own mother thought that, Mary. She thought the same thing. And every one of the disciples thought the same thing. That this is the Messiah promised in the old, come to set up the kingdom of God on earth. It was going to crush the Roman Empire and things were going to be, and Israel was going to be uplifted among all the nations. High and lifted up. 
Every disciple believed that. Jesus' own mother believed that. The difference is that after they found out that it wasn't to be exactly the way they thought it would, they still believed. Judas did not. He lost confidence. He lost faith. This is not the Messiah. This is not the one I thought he was going to be. He didn't turn out. Has it ever happened to you? Think about it. The person doesn't really turn out to be the kind of person you thought he would. Shame on you for imagining a vain imagination. Projecting your feelings, yourself, onto another. Well, here, these disciples, Jesus' own mother, were projecting their beliefs onto Jesus himself. But when they found out they were wrong, they corrected themselves. Judas got angry. Judas was discouraged. See, Judas had his own plan. He wanted to be a part of that new kingdom set up by Messiah, perhaps the treasurer. Because he was a greedy and ambitious man. So he thought better things of himself under this Messiah, but it turned out to be a disappointment. Do you see how this is going? Now he's getting angry. Now he's getting hateful. Now he wants this man out of the picture. He's disappointed. Boy, that sounds a lot like me, doesn't it? When I get disappointed about, uh, over someone, I want him away. I want him out of my life, out of the picture. I don't want to put up with the person anymore. This is exactly what happened with Judas. He didn't measure up. Jesus didn't measure up to his expectations, so he wants him out of the picture. Oh, he's greedy. He was the one that said, by the way, in Simon, when they went to Simon the leper's house and Mary's anointing the uh, body of Jesus with this expensive oil, Judas was the one that complained and said, wait, wait, what are we, what are we doing? Why are we wasting all this money? We could sell this for 300 pence and give it to the poor. And Luke points out, he, doesn't, he never cared about the poor. It's because he held the money. And he didn't want to use the money that way. He wanted to use it in his own way. Sound a lot like you? Hmm? And me? Uh, five days later, uh, after that time at the house, when Jesus' body was anointed with the expensive uh, oil and perfume, uh, it was a Wednesday, uh, Passover week. Jesus went... Uh, off by himself to make a deal with the uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, chief priests. Thirty pieces of silver. I'll get you Jesus, but don't do it while the Passover week is wet's wait because of the crowd. So they waited and they planned, and finally. Uh, the time came. <clears throat> About halfway through the meal of the Last Supper, uh, sorely troubled in spirit because of the betrayal, uh, the betrayer at his side, 
aware that his hour had come, Jesus astounded his disciples by saying, Verily, verily, I say to you, one of you shall betray me. All the disciples thought, well, they didn't look at Judas. They didn't all turn and look at Judas. They had no idea it was him. He was, a, he was good. He deceived them all. He didn't lead on that he was going to betray. Only Jesus knew. And so each one of them say to Jesus, Lord, is it I, Lord, is I, except Judas. Judas says, is it I, Master, a lesser term. <clears throat> Offended uh, by this, uh, this horrible duplicity, Jesus exposes Judas's treachery. And he says to him, that thou doest do quickly. <clears throat> At that moment, when Jesus said that, the devil entered into Judas, made certain that Judas was going to carry through that. He wasn't going to chicken out or he was going to backpedal. The devil actually enters into Judas and completes the test. Not that Judas wasn't committed in the beginning, but now to make sure of it, the devil entered. He's the son of perdition from the very beginning. He was an unbeliever from the very beginning. He had his own thoughts and his own ways about the scriptures and Jesus Christ and all that stuff. When they, he didn't measure up, he was going to betray him. But now, you know, because things are looking pretty hard and pretty heavy, he might back down. The devil enters into him and pushes him forward to complete that task of betrayal. <clears throat> There's other things, too, about uh, Judas that I could go into. The fact that the disciples were vying for the first uh, seat next to Jesus. They wanted to be next to the master over there and on his right and on his left and all that. And they were arguing about it. Jesus reprimands them. They fall back and leave the place open for Judas to sit at Jesus' side. And there Jesus tells him. What thou hast to do, do quickly. All working according to plan. But now I want to come to the end of this. Uh, Judas the betrayer, Judas the disciple, now Judas the failure. Three things, three shots against him took place. The first thing that struck, the first blow that struck uh, him is that he, uh, he stepped up to Jesus as planned in the garden and kissed him. And what did Jesus say to him? Luke reports it in his uh, reporting of this incident. Betray Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? That must have cut to the heart of Judas. He says, friend, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? That just troubled Judas. The beginning of the end of Judas. First blow. The second blow 
was when he organized with the chief priests and the scribes a crowd of people with swords and, and clubs come against Jesus. And what happened? Well, you, you, we read here, we heard that. Did you not think that I could call 12 legions of angels and that they would come to defend me? But instead, Jesus said a word or waved his hand and all the crowd, Judas, the chief priest, the crowd of people with clubs that fell right before his feet. Proving that Judas had no power to do this. His power was useless. This was all according to the plan and purpose of God and Jesus Christ himself. They couldn't take him unless he allowed it. They couldn't take his life unless he himself laid it down. And so that was the second blow against Judas. That he realized that this, his whole plan was, was all according to the order of Jesus Christ. Jesus knew about it from the very beginning. He let it, let it happen this way. The devil was using Judas. He had no power over Jesus. But then Jesus went ahead anyway, and they took him prisoner. The final blow, the final blow that, uh, that caused the downfall of Jesus is to show that it was a complete failure. The first thing was that Jesus knew it. You betray me with a kiss, friend, friend. You betray me with a kiss. Your demise is certain. The second blow is the crowd just collapsed before Jesus. They couldn't touch him. He let them. The third is that hellfire began to swell up, to well up in Judas's heart. He, he, was, he was burning from within. So much so that he, he just loses himself. And he goes to the temple and he throws those 30 pieces of silver coin. They jingle around on the fo temple floor. He doesn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. I have betrayed, he cries out, I have betrayed innocent blood. Innocent blood is on my, ha on my hands, uh, in my heart. And the chief priests and scribes wanted nothing to do with, the, with Judas because he was a coward and a betrayer of a friend. They didn't want to have anything to do with him, even though they made a deal with him. They used him. And it's all this stuff just came upon him. He betrayed his, his friend. He, uh, he didn't have power. He thought he was doing something according to his own strength and will when he, he wasn't able to. And finally, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. The ones that plotted with him, he threw the silver away. It was burning from within. Finally, he decides, uh, he cries out, I have, I have taken, I have innocent blood on my hands. He goes and finds a rope. He ties it to a branch on a tree. And he attempts hanging himself. Uh, he, he does hang himself, but it falls. The rope slips or the branch breaks, whichever. And he falls to the ground, and the scriptures tell us that his bowels just gushed out of him. Failure. 
And all this time, the scriptures are fulfilled. The scriptures talked about the 30 pieces of silver. They talked about the one who betrayed that would be, his bowels would be gushed along the ground. They, the scriptures talked about the, uh, the, the silver being used for the potter's field. All of this was in scripture being fulfilled. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I have prayed to God that if I ever betray my wife and my children, and to a lesser extent, but still to the same extent, if I betray my church family, I want you, Lord, to take my life. If I betray you, my wife, my children, even my church, I want the Lord to take my life. But if I betray the Lord himself, if I come against the Lord himself and betray him and turn my back on him, I'd want to kill myself. That's how important this thing is. That's how important understanding what a betrayal is. Now, betraying Jesus is not the same as betraying another person. That's true. But betrayal is, an, is, a, is a devil, is an enemy that you and I should hate. And I'm telling you, for myself, I don't know what you think. I betray. I want to die. Kill me, Lord, or I'll take my own life. Whichever. I don't want to live. That's how strong we should feel about betrayal. Look what happened to Judas. He betrayed the Lord. None of us, none of us should ever want to betray anyone, but especially the Lord. But by his mercy and by his grace, none of us will. Because Judas did not belong. He was not truly a disciple. He was not given grace. But you and I are. So we will never. We will never betray the Lord. We might betray each other from time to time and shame on us. But we will not betray the Lord. Because of the grace of God that's working in us. To will and to do. Of his good pleasure. By his power. By his strength, by his might, by his grace, I am what I am. A Christian, a believer, a disciple, a true disciple of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, thank you. Thank you for leading us. And you, and you have promised, the song even says it, leading us all the way, lead us all the way, Lord. And you will. You have promised in many, many places to be with us, to be near us, to watch over us. Uh, to, uh, to, to guide us from this world to the next. And so we bank on that. We take our, uh, it, it just brings power into a lift into our step. And we are thankful. And it's in your name we pray, Lord, be with each and every one of us. We are your true disciples. We believe to the saving of our souls. Thanks be to God and Jesus Christ, who has given us the grace to give us the victory over sin and Satan and this world, even ourselves. In your name we pray. With thankfulness. Amen.